0: we talked about respect. And as I was reflecting back on respect, um, I don't feel like I really did a good job with it. I feel like I covered all the bases. So we're going to explore it some more today. So we'll call this respect part two. And, um, Let's have a little bit of prayer If you help me Father we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house once again Lord Thank you for the opportunity to be able to present your word today Father I ask you to take myself out of the way Just open the hearts and minds to receive it Lord We ask this in the name of your son Jesus Amen Alright so You know we have all different kinds of relationships And encounters with people And one thing that I've discovered is that anytime that we have any type of relationship, more than just a you know, one-time encounter, or even if we see the way people operate, you know we watch them on TV, or they're or, you know, or, or leaders and different things like that, one thing is for certain, we are not always going to agree. As parents, we don't always like what our children do. As children, we don't always like what our parents do. In the course of a marriage, one of the key elements of having a successful marriage is to be able to compromise. We have people that we work for that we don't always agree with how we're treated how they do things. We don't always agree with our political leaders. We don't agree with people in power. We don't always agree. We are human. We are given a mind that we're able to think. We're able to formulate our own opinions. We have those things called feelings that tend to intermingle and get in the way and cause us to do all kinds of things. And we have free will. Even there are times that we don't agree with God. Whether you want to admit it or not, how many times have you just kind of thought to yourself, Why God? Or why are you letting me go through this? Why are you allowing this to happen? You know, I've had many of arguments with God because sometimes we just don't see eye to eye. You know, And that's always on us because we don't have the, the big picture. We don't have the experience. We can't see into the future. We don't know how things are going to turn out. From our perspective, we don't always agree. And as we see, especially in this last year, but it's been a thing that's been coming on for a while, that as people have their feelings come into play, and they see things they don't like. They are very willing to voice their opinion and oftentimes to take action. I want to look at a couple of examples in the Bible. And the first one's going to come from Matthew chapter 17. And in verse 24, if you want to turn there for a second. 17 and 24. And when they came into Capernaum, that they received tribute money, came to Peter and said, Do not the master pay tribute? And he said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What, thou, what thinkest thou, Simon, of who do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children, of the strangers? And Peter said unto them, Of strangers. Jesus said unto them, then they are children free. Notwithstanding, at least we should offer them to go into the sea, cast out a hook, and take out the fish, and first come us up, and then thou hast opened his mouth, that thou shalt find a piece of money, and take and give unto them for me and thee. Now, this is one of the great miracles of the Bible. We see Peter, he finds the needed money in a fish. Jesus told him where to go find it, how to get it. And this has been taught many different times. I've used it before in other examples, showing how God uses what we already possess to be able to to bless us and, and different things like that. And we kind of get... Obscured by the actual miracle portion of it because it's so grand. And of course, that's how miracles work. They are grand and they are, are blinding. But we miss some of the fine details in this. And what we're looking at is is that this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. He doesn't have to answer to any man. But yet we see him being respectful to the Process of the time of the establishment of the leaders, and he is following suit. Twenty two in Matthew, twenty two and fifteen. And when the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him to talk, and they sent him and their disciples to Horanus, saying, Master, there have come a true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, or regardest the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt me, thou hypocrite? Show me the tribute money. And they brought him a penny. And they said unto him, Whose image and subscription? And they said, Caesar's. And they said unto him, Render for what is to Caesar, to the things which are to Caesar, and to God which are the things of God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled and left and went on their way. Again, Jesus came And any time that he was confrontational, he was backed by the word of God. He didn't go out of his way to break down something that didn't be broke down. He didn't go out of his way to push an opinion. He didn't go out of his way to drive a feeling He operated in truth, he operated in fact, and he operated with respect. And that's how all of us should act. We know there are going to be things that we do not like to do. There are rules, that seem to have no longer any purpose. We have laws that are, are outdated. or are unfunctional. But yet they are still in play. And we are required to follow them. And just because we are being respectful. Doesn't mean that we are. Being submissive. It doesn't mean that we're being led. It doesn't mean that we agree. We oftentimes have a hard time separating the position and the person. The position and the person. If you were in any branch of the armed forces, they have. A rank system and when a person of rank comes you salute them that's their respect because of the rank now the person inside that uniform may not be that grand they may have done things or may operate in a way that's not very good but because they have that rank that position that is what we are to Respect. There's a big push right now with with police, and throughout history, we've always judged a book by its cover. Basically, you know, uh, if we was to be approached by someone in a parking lot, and if they were to look grungy. Dirty. Dangerous. We would use extreme caution. We'd be less likely to help that person. Versus if it was a little old lady wearing her Sunday dress who seemed proper and prim and safe. We uh, have people that want to express themselves with their their dress, their hairstyle, their uh, body modifications to a point where they fit outside of what we call normal. And it can become extreme and they look extremely different. And when we see these things, we tend to shy away. We tend to be cautious. We tend to lose respect, versus our doctor. They walk in with the shirt and tie and that fancy little white coat, and we see that white coat, we know that represents something, that represents a lot of hours of schooling, that represents a lot of clinical hours, that represents a lot of discipline. That represents a lot of intelligence. When someone has the title of, of lawyer, when you see the fancy high dollar suit and the expensive car, we have some of the same kind of respect for that as well. When we see a uniform, a firefighter, police officer, That used to mean respect, not because of who was in it, and we don't always know who is in it, but because of that uniform, we are to respect that. When we pull up to the scene of the accident and traffic is being directed, we don't take into consideration Who is in that uniform? We just follow the instruction because of that uniform. And the same thing goes with our leaders, our president. These people have a job and they have a position that requires respect. Our country. People are calling the flag a symbol of hate and racism. It is a symbol of our country. It is a representation Of the men and women that's died to protect it. It is a representation of generations, of generations that's made it what it is today. And these are things that we can't simply change just because we feel like it. We have systems in place. We cannot govern ourselves as a group without some kind of rules and regulations. We all have some kind of rules and regulations that we follow, even down to the most individual level. We set guides for ourselves. If we know that we have to get up early the next morning to go to work... What do we do? We go to bed on time. We make sure we get enough rest. If we know that certain foods don't agree with us, we don't eat them. We set them boundaries for ourselves. If we find out that things are not good for us, we limit our intake. So many times we want someone else to fix the things. And every time we have a a, a situation come up, we want to put a a, a line. We want to draw a line in the sand. You know, the, the legal age of drinking is 21. Well, that hasn't always been the case. As somewhere along the way, someone decided that there needed to be line drew in the sand this was a cutoff point when in reality is there's some people that's twenty one over twenty one three times twenty one that still cannot handle that consumption and that's just one of many many examples we have laws we have government we have all these things in place to guide the masses. Guide. Not to control. Not to oppress, but to guide. We talked about our individuals, even in our families, we set guidelines. Dishes go in the sink. Clean up after yourself. And to keep these things in check, We have consequences. And the same thing with the laws that govern us as a country. We have consequences. And the thing is, there's a a check and a balance to things. Because if we feel that something or someone is not up to the challenge... It's not doing, it's not working in anymore. We get to vote. We get to voice our opinion. We get to show as a group and be able to support the existing or change it. There's no need for all of the individual destruction. Once upon a time, people knew how to mind their own business. Today, if you have the wrong sticker on the back of your car, you're at risk of having your window knocked out because someone doesn't like it. You know, back whenever uh, we was not so needy of news, um, there was a a big ordeal about a sticker on a window. And arrests were made and, and, and rights were violated, and now there's lawsuits pending because of a sticker. All because someone had an opinion and didn't like someone else's opinion, and they took action on it. We have the right to have our own opinions, but we don't have the right to force them on anyone else. We have our personal property that we have worked and owned for, and we have the right to do with that what we want within the guidelines of the law, of course, but no person has the right to violate your personal property because of their opinion because of their feelings. Jesus had the right to do whatever he wanted to do. He didn't have to worry about paying any taxes. He wasn't going to be around to see any ramifications of that. God owns everything. He is the King of Kings. But yet, he still showed respect. I think that's one of his greatest teachings. How many of us could stand in the places that he stood and took the ridicule and took the abuse of these Pharisees and these people in control that were trying to do away and suppress him? Do you know how easy it would have been To eliminate him right then. We are so quick to jump to violence, and he was nothing but peace. He used simply the Word of God and won every battle. Think we need to bring back the bracelets and the bumper stickers. What would Jesus do? And start really dwelling on that on a day-to-day basis. Start really thinking about it. What would Jesus do? Right now it's I, I, me, me. What I want, what me want, what my group wants, what benefits me, what's the best for me. We need to start thinking about what God wants. What's best for God. Because in the end, that is what's best for us. Even though we can't always see it. Even though it's not always clear. Even though it's not always right in front of us. Even though it seems like this totally opposite of what it seems like might be best. What God has for us is the best. And if he's telling us this, this is fact. We are to be the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. We are to show love. Jesus is love. And with love, with peace, we have respect. It is so easy to get caught up in feelings, to get caught up in emotions. We have things done to us. We get so mad we want something done about it. We have people that that hurt us. We get our feelings hurt. We have things that happen to us, and we can just let that consume us. But we don't have to. It is all in the past. Many things we can't change. So why dwell on it? Why waste so much of our precious time? I believe that time clock is shorter than ever now. So why are we wasting it with petty things? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We ask you to help us to get our feelings in check. We ask you to help us to get ourselves under control father so we don't have a, a group problem we have individual problems that's coming together as a group and causing big problems we need to open our hearts and minds we need to think about what you want us to do father I ask you to help us to do that today help us to open our hearts and minds father to show us where we're falling short to show us where we need to rise up father to show us where we're lacking I ask, Father, that anyone that's thinking about making a change, Father, that needs to make a difference, Father, that today will be the day, that these churches will come back on strong again, Father, that the light will come on strong again, the fire will burn again strong, Father, that we'll stop being so silent as your sons and daughters, Father, and start being an example. We thank you for these things and ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.